you know, I, I may go here, here, drive to two ahead, but then fly to one that's kind of off the beaten path, mm. come back, mm-hmm. do this one, and, you know, continue around. So it is, it is really like usually every couple months I'll sit down and, you know, right here in my office if I'm home and kind of just pull up the calendar and stare at it and figure out, okay, I'm gonna, I need to fly here, I need to drive here, you know, I need to drive to this one, but then fly back over here. And Welcome back to the interview podcast on the Wine Milling Podcast Network from Milling, South Dakota. This is Craig Weinberg. The interviewpodcast.org is our website. All the conversations that we have on the show are archived there, as well as a way for you to support the show. If you get value out of the show and you find a dollar amount that's associated with that value, click on the donate button, send it back our way so we can continue this endeavor of talking with people from around the world who are doing fascinating things. Today's no exception, Garrett Jurgen, the PRCA 21 and 22 announcer of the year at the ripe young age of 28, uh, Garrett joins me to talk about his career, uh, a whole bunch of inner workings, uh, and thought about how pro rodeo works, uh, some of the production side. We <laughs> geek out just a bit on some of that. Garrett is well known and highly regarded as a voice in the world of rodeo. Renowned for his distinct blend of humor, excitement, and professionalism, His expertise in understanding the nuances of the sport and his ability to connect with audiences has earned him universal admiration and respect. His exceptional announcing skills and ability have made him an integral part of the rodeo community and a true ambassador for the sport. I hope you enjoyed this conversation that I had with Garrett. Let's jump right into it. Thanks so much for listening. I I followed you for a while only because... I grew up watching rodeo in Oregon and mm-hmm. um, the back, cause I'm considerably older than you are um, back then the young man on the horse in the, <laughs> in the arena <clears throat> was Bob Tallman as a young right. man. And so uh, I've had the pleasure of getting to know him and have him on the show. And uh, mm-hmm. it's, I'll tell you why you can't meet a more genuine person. I mean, sure. I, I'm, Absolutely blown away. Anyway, um, so in that process of digging into him a little bit more, uh, the whole world of rodeo announcing has opened up, and it blows my mind. I've been a fan of broadcasts. I love, um, I, I don't know, I like radio. I just hate the the terrestrial radio model, and so that's why podcast is so powerful. Right. Click Thompson. I've gotten to know him a oh, bit, yeah. and so uh, we were talking, and you know, he was photographer of the year last year. Um, mm-hmm. How old are you? 28. Oh, brother. So you're, you're in your second year as announcer of the year for the PRCA, right? Yes, sir. What in the world is that like? Uh, man, I, I, I honestly, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's been such a, um, I don't know. It's, it's such a, such a whirlwind. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's guys that have been doing this for 30, 40, 50 years that have never even made the top five list. And then, so for me, you know, at 27 at the time, 
um, to, to make the top five and then win it my first year to be even in the top five is, is truly a blessing. Uh, it's, it's overwhelming. It's mind blowing. Um, I'm only the, in, in the 41 year history of the award, mm-hmm. uh, I'm only the eighth different person to win it. Really? Uh, yeah. So, uh, it's, it's been, uh, mind blowing just to, to be a part of that group. Um, because before me, they used to call them the Magnificent Seven. Uh, and now I guess I've ruined their little, uh, <laughs> ruined their namesake for it. Right. Well, uh, having you and Anthony both in there as young bucks. Right. Um, certainly. It, 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 is, it is so cool for him and I to kind of be, uh, I guess, bridging the gap a little mm-hmm. bit to that next generation, you know, paving the way and stuff. And, and uh, you know, I, when, I, when I figured out that this is what I want to do, I, I never had any... Um, I don't want to say I never dreamed of winning the award, but it wasn't like a primary focus. Uh, I just wanted to announce rodeos. I'm just a fan of the sport. Um, I've been around all my life. I didn't grow up in a baseball family. I didn't grow up in a, in a football family. I grew up in a rodeo family. That's all I've ever known. Yeah. Um, so this is all I've ever wanted to do. And, and, you know, and so to be recognized for having a, a talent, in this profession, mm-hmm. um, it really makes it all worth it. Um, it makes me, you know, every day <clears throat> that I wake up, there's some little sign that, that this is what God put me on this earth to do. Um, and, uh, you know, his, he, his word tells us to do what, what he put us on this earth to do and, and, uh, you know, be shepherds of his word. So, um, it, it's incredible to be able to sit here today, you know, and, and, the thing for me is I didn't join the PRCA till 2014. I didn't announce my first PRCA rodeo till 2017. So I sat three years on, on having a card, having a membership and not really doing anything with it. So Um, like, are you required to have certain, so many events a year just to keep it valid? No, there used to be a rule like that Mm -hmm. uh, back in, I think the eighties and nineties. And then they, they just, you know, did away with it. Um, but there's, you know, there's nothing that says you have to work any rodeos, but you have to have a card to work. Um, you have to be a member and stuff. So, so I sat on a three-year dormant card and, um, and then finally, um, the first, I kind of have two rodeos that fight over my, the claim to have me first, uh, because (laughs) your uh, origin story. Yeah. Ponca city, Oklahoma hired me first. Okay. Um, but mineral wells, Texas, uh, hired me after Ponca City, but their rodeo was no. before Ponca City. So um, they kind of fight over who actually had me first. Um, but so 2017. So, it, I mean, it, the thing the thing that really just kind of takes me back is um, four years of, of, you know, being an active PRC announcer mm-hmm. and to win announcer of the year. I mean, that, that's just... I, I don't know. I, I, I'm still I, here. I am two years later, still trying to find the right words. For it. <laughs> right. I talk for a living. So, you know, as, as a kid, you know, that if you read your history and I don't, we don't have to dig through it all. Cause it's out there. If you want to know, it's out there. Um, you know, you started young in the rodeo world just cause your right. parents were in it. Um, right. <clears throat> when you get the bug to start, you know, I want to get on the mic to start talking about these rodeos. Um, what is that? What was it about the rodeo that you wanted to talk about it? Um, I think the stories. Um, our our sport, and, and I say sport because I, I truly believe it is one. Uh, it's a very unique sport because it's also an entertainment avenue. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it, it's kind of a it's kind of a bridge between going to the movies and going to watch uh, a baseball game. You know, it, it's both. It's entertainment and it's a sport. Um, but I think there's so many incredible stories um, of, you know, family connections. For instance, Casey Field following in the footsteps of his dad, Louis Field, that was mm-hmm. one of the greatest all-around Cowboys, greatest bareback riders. And then for, for Louis or for Casey to continue and now be the most decorated bareback rider in the history of our sport. Yeah. Um, because in other sports, you don't, you don't get a lot of that. You have the Manning brothers and, you know, some of that and stuff, but um, you don't have a lot of second and third and fourth and fifth generation baseball players and, and football players, because the, the percentage of high school athletes that go on to play professional is so small. But rodeo, you have a lot of that. It's more common than anything else. And so to relay that story, but then also to make people understand that, you know, hey, this guy's a family man. He's got mm-hmm. a wife and three kids. And, you know, when he's not rodeoing, he's he's watching them play baseball. Or, you know, think about the sacrifices. And when he's out chasing his dream, he's missing graduations and birthday parties and things like that. Um, you know, there's lots of uh, – Lots of nurses right now in rodeo, like in the breakaway roping. Lots of lots of nurses. So one of my favorite stories to tell is Tacey K. Webb, a breakaway roper from uh, Midway, Texas. She's an ICU nurse. Um, really? Yeah. So, you know, after after the pandemic, uh, we found a whole new set of heroes in this country. Mm. Uh, they had always been there. They 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 didn't change what they do. They just became more of an icon. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she she always gets a good response from the crowd. You know, when she backs the box and I say, Hey folks, you know, not only is she a great cowgirl, but she is a frontline worker. She is an ICU, you know, nurse. And, and people always respond to that because we appreciate what they, what they do and have yeah. done. Um, so there's, there's so many stories and, and stuff like that. And, and uh, that's, that's what I hope when somebody comes and listens to a rodeo that I announce, that's what I hope they leave there going, Oh, wow. I want to go follow Stetson Wright or Tacey Webb or Casey Field or, or you know, whomever, Leighton Barry, young bareback mm-hmm. rider. Right I want to go follow them because I think they have a cool story and I want to see what they're about and, and essentially, you know, gain new fans to our athletes. I don't, I don't do it for me at all. Um, now I get a thrill from it. It's certainly fun to do. <laughs> it, it, it is fun to do. Uh, and I get a thrill from yeah. 15,500 people sold out, you know, mm-hmm. in the sunshine at the Cheyenne frontier days. I, 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 I get my adrenaline going from that, but at the end of the day, I'm not there for me. I'm there to build the athletes up to the level that I believe they're at that. I hope the rest of the world will see. I, I can't think of another, we'll call it a sporting event. Um, mm-hmm that relies so heavily on the announcer. That's true. And I've, and I've told a few people that I said, what other sport talks and plays (laughs) music the whole time? Yeah. Um, You know, instead of just, Oh, third and four Mm -hmm. on the 17 yard line, (laughs) you know, yeah. what else are you going to say? Yeah. Uh I mean, because everybody, every other sport is so um, understood, I guess, because kids play it. I mean, from the time you can walk, you can play peewee football or Mm -hmm. T-ball or, you know, basketball and stuff when you're tall enough to throw, throw the ball to the goal. Um, So it's, it's just ingrained in people Mm -hmm. almost to a point where you don't need to explain, but I will say this, I went to a, and I love baseball. Love. um, I've, since I've moved to Texas, I've become more and more of a Rangers fan. Um, and got some friends that work for the organization and yeah. stuff and, and just have become in, in Galton. 
But I went to a Rangers game last year, and I had to ask a lot of questions because there were just little things that I didn't know. Like there was some some abbreviations on the scoreboard that mm-hmm. I didn't know what they meant. And mm-hmm. I had asked, and, and honestly, there was a group of probably five or six of us that went, and half of us didn't know. Really, And so it really puts it into perspective mm-hmm. of when you've got a new or, or uh, casual fan it's it's on the announcer or PA, you know, announce, public address mm-hmm. announcer, whatever, rodeo announcer, whatever sport. It, it should be a responsibility of ours to educate the people. Yeah. And and you know, I, I don't. I'm not going to get into other sports and how they can do it because I'm not an expert in those. But it really it really opened my eyes to things, lingo, um, rules that in rodeo as cowboys we just take for granted. Uh, it, it really falls on us to explain those so that so that a fan, hopefully a fan leaves there with no questions, mm-hmm. only mm-hmm. excitement. Um, and if they have a question, I mean, I wish there was a way they could ask it and because yeah. somebody else has surely thought of it. Um, but it, it goes back to the whole, I don't do it for me. I do it for, you know, the, not only the athletes, but also the fans too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, Bob is one of the the masters at, flowing between Absolutely. riders and that was always one of the things i asked him and yeah i'm curious to know your thought process because clearly you know the old the old guys that kind of built the the modern style right. um they're they're getting there they're old um but the yeah. the legacy they have left is this style of you know mm-hmm. introducing talking about um really building up you know because th- this guy may fall off in three seconds he still should get the same fanfare for for getting on that thing and being willing to hang on and to nod his head (laughs) so there's something to that but how do you you know what's your thought process as you you know you wrap up a ride whether it ends good or bad who knows and then to flip back seamlessly to go all right and now we're over here and Mm -hmm. these you know you start that storyline over but it's got to be fresh you can't say the same old stuff right And, and i think it's a little bit compartmentalization um, being able to, um, and also being fluid, um, yeah. being able to just kind of adapt and roll with the punches because obviously there is nothing scripted about our sport. Mm-hmm. Um, the first 10 minutes, the opening ceremonies is the only thing scripted and then it's out the window. <laughs> um, is that given to you or do you guys write that? Uh, or, or, or is it kind of a standard product? The verbiage is not given to us. The elements are. Okay. Um, so they most commonly, a rodeo will give you kind of a run a show timeline, you know, production outline mm-hmm. and say, okay, we're going to do this. Then we're going to do this. Then we're going to do this, blah, 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 blah. Um, so we know the element and then it's on us to use our kind of intellectual patent and creative freedom mm-hmm. um, to put the fluff on it. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the transitions, the segues, the, the tying it all together. Um, it's on us to make it entertaining. Um, and, and to your point, exactly. It, it can be tough sometimes um, when, let's say, everybody bucks off or everybody is is just really pushing each other to the next level. And, mm-hmm. you know, your scores are 87, 88, 89, 90, 91, 92. You know, they just yeah. keep pushing each other. Yeah. It can get hard. But there comes a point when you just let let the action speak for itself. Um, and, you know, if, if the if the. The scores are high and the energy's high and the momentum's high. 
sometimes you just got to kind of step back and and just give the bare bones and let the crowd just soak um because people people aren't dumb like they they know what's it to a certain extent they know what's happening good or bad mm-hmm. um you know if it's a great exciting ride they know it's something we're cheering for or if somebody you know misses and throws their rope in the dirt they know that's bad right. um so so they're it's it's where it gets intricate that we have mm-hmm. to tell them if it's good or bad yeah um because prime example if a horse if a bucking horse um say for instance in the saddle walk ride if a bucking horse goes out there and just kind of crow hops, just mm-hmm. jumps straight up in the air, the cowboy's not spurring, the horse isn't kicking. Maybe maybe horse raring a little bit. That's exciting to look at, but it's not good <laughs> right. competition. Yeah. Like the, the judges are not going to like it. I mean, it's the score's not going to be good. So as as much as the crowd is cheering and oh my gosh, that's so cool and that's that's wild. Yeah, it is, but the score is not going to be very good. So then it comes on to us to explain why it's not good. But then we have another side of our industry that the Cowboys get mad because they think we're judging over the microphone and influencing the judges. I promise to any, any rodeo Cowboys that listen to this, <laughs> I promise that's not our intent. Our intent but... is to educate <laughs> the fans yeah. and tell them why that ride is a 62-point ride yeah. and the ride right before it was 90. Yeah. Um, because if if somebody again a casual fan is sitting up there going oh my gosh that was so cool did you see that horse he was jumping and raring mm-hmm. and, and the cowboy rode him that's that's not necessarily good business <laughs> yeah um do you think instant replay will ever enter into rodeo um i'm gonna give a very political answer oh come on it will <laughs> it will enter in some rodeos but not all of them um <laughs> so like you know, uh, the american perhaps the American, yes, I, I I believe it can handle. It. It's yeah. got the infrastructure, it's got the equipment, it's got the manpower mm-hmm. to do it. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on one of my rodeos, Mineral Wells, Texas. Yeah, does not. It it will not. Um, if you wanted to make instant replay industry wide, that's like saying little league baseball, t-ball, gotcha. coach right. baseball yep. is gonna have instant replay. Okay. It's not realistic. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not affordable. Um, it's not realistic. It's it's not necessary at T-ball. Um, and of course, that's my opinion. Well, well uh, okay, hold, hold on, just T-ball a second. Probably think it is. Of course, yeah, right. Come on, we go to the World <laughs> Series. <laughs> um, <laughs> but however, if we're going to look at the PRCA specifically, you know that is the official pro sanctioned organization. It's yeah, it's it's supposed to be the MLB, the NBA. Yeah. yeah. So if, if they're going to go down that road of being like, this is the elite group mm-hmm. and you get into this group, you, you have to be sent. You can't just be a, you know, a, mm-hmm. a, a what, double A team or triple. Right. You can't do that. Uh, these are the big boys. Um, right. Shouldn't they then perhaps try to unify some things across the board? Because uh, now I, I again, I don't know. I'm a casual observer of rodeo. Um, my wife thinks I'm not as casual as she would want me to be, but <laughs> I, I, I enjoy it. Um, and uh, the last few years I've gotten to follow some of the guys. It's really fun, but I've seen rides that from my view, clearly I don't know what I'm looking at other than it looks identical in horse performance, rider performance at this rodeo. Then you go across the country to this rodeo, same rider, different horse, of course, similar output from both. And yet the scores are vastly different. 
Yeah, so uh, uh, using instant replay to score, I think, is is a little bit out of the question because... Correct. That, yeah, that, well, that gets onerous. Time-wise, that yeah. gets insane. You're right. But because, I'm thinking if, you know, a barrier judge, breaks. or a judgment call. Yeah, now, but like the, at the NFR, wasn't there a big um, controversy for uh, a crossover throw in the... Uh, crossfire. Yeah. Crossfire. Uh, and, the, now, oh, that, that wasn't that, but that was. That seems like that could be... You know, looked at because clearly yes. you guys are showing on your replays what happened, and well, man, yes. that certainly didn't look right. Yeah, and so I want I want to give a. I'm glad you actually brought up the crossfire in the team. <laughs> real quick. So this past weekend, as we're recording this on um, April the 18th, mm-hmm. this past weekend I was in Martin, Tennessee, at a college room. Uh, this was their first year to have an in-house video board. Um, it was it was not a big tv truck production it was you know just one man switching and directing a show on a tricaster um there was a team in the team roping that got flagged out for a crossfire mm-hmm. um in the replay lo and behold it happened to have the perfect angle to see whether it was or was not um and and the video guy there is very rodeo savvy. He knew right where to slow it down and right where to you know mm-hmm. kind of emphasize the call. Um, and wouldn't you know, the judge was right, and and the steer had not completed the switch, as it's called. He had not completed his change of mm-hmm. direction in in tow before the heater threw their rope. And uh, and I even made a comment over the microphone. I said, "Huh, instant replay might have some merit." <laughs> uh, because even even the contestants of, of the run in question mm-hmm. were watching. The judge that made the call yeah. was even, you know, looking up mm-hmm. at the screen watching. It was one of those moments where the video board earned its money. Yeah. Um, because it was it was an opportunity and it did not add any more time to the rodeo because it just happened to be that that was the angle we needed mm-hmm. and that was it was perfect. It was a perfect storm scenario. Now like I said, I think there are definitely rodeos out there that can do this, that can afford it. Um, but I, I will, I will very make it very clear. They should not expect their current video provider to add in this extra equipment and manpower for no additional money. (laughs) Right. Um, because you know, for instance, not to get off in the technical side of things, the, the machine. Hey, that's fine. I'm a tech nerd. It works out. Okay, the machine needed to do instant replay correctly to grab mm-hmm. multiple camera angles and time sync them together. It's called a three-play machine. Yep. It's, it's the most basic without getting into a true TV truck. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a new tech product. Same company that makes mm-hmm. TriCasters that do all the switching and playback and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they're kind um, of standard. Yep. Yeah, the three-play machine costs about a nice, cool twenty to $25,000. Um, that's just the initial cost. Yeah. That doesn't include the manpower to come operate it because it's a whole nother machine that mm-hmm. takes a dedicated person watching those angles and knowing which ones to pull and play and, yep. and play right time. So, you know, it, it can't just be a, hey, we want to do instant replay. Right. Make Quick. it happen. Yeah. 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 No. Uh, it takes money. Um, so, as I said, I think there is a threshold of rodeos that can afford it, but there is also a lot that can't. Um, and, and I think to your point of the PRCA trying to be the major league, MLB doesn't have 600 games a year, Mm -hmm. uh, in small towns and big cities. They are all, you know, all 160 some games or whatever are in 
billion dollar Whatever. stadiums. <laughs> 60, 60 yeah. stadiums that are yeah. billion dollar stadiums mm-hmm. with high-end production and yeah. TV trucks from ESPN and MLB Network and you know all that stuff. Mm-hmm. We don't have that. So the realistic starting point for us uh, is find a threshold mm-hmm. and and figure out, okay, these rodeos, go talk to them. Don't force it on them. Nobody likes anything to be forced on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and say, what can we do to get instant replay at your rodeo? Uh, we have a tour system, going back to the Sioux Falls comment. Yep. Sioux Falls, South Dakota, September 28th, 29th, 30th, Denny Sanford Premier Center. Uh, is uh, is the pro rodeo is the mm. is the new pro rodeo tour finale? Yeah, um, there is sixty rodeos in that pro rodeo tour. Um, the majority of those, in my opinion, I don't look at their finances. Mm-hmm. Majority of those should be able to afford the added cost of instant replay, and then I think that's where you really separate that tour mm-hmm. from just other rodeos yeah. more so than just they add more money because that that's where it comes to right now is that the, it's the top 60 biggest paying rodeos are part of this tour so now if you implement instant replay it really draws the line of what's a tour rodeo and what's not mm-hmm. talk about money um I think this is the only sport also that tracks success based on dollars earned exclusively, right? It is. And I think it has a lot to do with because it's an individual sport. You know, again, going back to unique things, most other stick and ball sports are team sports. Uh, go- so, go- golf probably would be a good a golf, good comparison, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, but, but I think, and of course, I know very little about golf. Tiny little ball. But, but they, yeah, I know you have a club and you whack a little round thing and try to get in the hole. I didn't talk about on. Um, I know you don't talk when they are addressing the ball. Um, but I think they use a point system, though, don't they? As far as like their their like, like their standings, their they yeah. must. Yeah, I, I don't know either. I, I'm I'm just thinking of a comparison in the fact that right. if you're competing against yourself. Because rodeo, rodeo has talked about going to a point system mm-hmm. over the years, um, but it, it, in in their reasoning, why was because well, not every rodeo pays the same amount of money. Well, exactly. So it would, so, it would, it would level the playing field, ex- right? And that was my thinking. It's one of the notes that, I've, as I thought through some of this, that was what mm-hmm. I was kind of going down the road of. You know, dollars are great, except you go to Houston, you get a big payout. You yeah. go to uh, you know Esteline Rodeo here in South or Clear uh, uh, Clear Lake, the Crystal Springs Rodeo. Uh, mm-hmm. They're not going to pay out near the dollar. So, right. does it when you have it based on money? Does it force the good guys only to the high dollar rodeos, and it keeps the the really good talent away from some of the others? I I think it does because um, it it almost creates a feeder system within itself yeah. because obviously money pays the bills, right? So money is how you get to the next rodeo. Yep. So even if it is a, I think that's my computer making noise. Um, even <laughs> if it is a point system, yeah. they're still going to inevitably go to where the money's at because they got to pay the bills, right? Mm-hmm. They got to feed the family and get to the next one. So keeping it on a money rather than, because if you go to points, then it makes, Clear Lake, South Dakota, 
the same weight as Mineral Wells, Texas, yeah. the same weight as Houston, it's the same weight as the yeah. American, or, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera. So it allows guys to climb the ladder faster, maybe, but are they going to go broke doing it? Mm. Because if they go, if they go to all these little small rodeos and get the same amount of points, they're going to run out of money faster. Yeah. Trying to chase the points. So I, I don't know. I, I guess it would just be something that somebody smarter than me would have to really just sit down and calculate. Um, but I think the biggest hurdle is uh, Cowboys more often than not are allergic to change. And uh, that's the way we've always done it. So um, I think once we can swallow that and, uh, and move on, I think we'll be a lot more open-minded to look at a change. And maybe, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm man enough to say, hey, if we tried it for a year and it didn't work, we can go back. Yeah. But at least we tried it. Right. Yeah. And then you have some metric to say yes or no. Yeah. Uh, all right. <clears throat> enough of this talk. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're not the PRCA rep, just so, for the record. Right. Right. Let's talk about the American a little bit. You and Anthony called yeah. that this last year or this year, which was what, a month ago, a month and a half ago, something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I watched the finale just because mm-hmm. I didn't have enough time to sit through the whole thing. Um, oh, one thing that I thought was fascinating is my, uh, I've got four kids. My second uh, is 14 year old boy. Mm-hmm. Um, 14, he's 13. He'll be 14 in June. Um, and we watch the NFR and, you know, every now and then they'll come, what are you, what are you doing, dad? Watching rodeo. All right. So they'll sit yeah. down every now and then. Um, well, we, I had the American on him. We're looking at it. He looked at me. He said, how come they don't do the NFR like this? This is way cooler. <laughs> He's like, the graphics look better. The production's better. Other than the fact that your on-field uh, announcing was not streamed, but whatever. Um, yeah. That was your interviews, I mean. Um, however, that finale was insane in the Saddle Bronx. Um, what? <laughs> yes. I mean, at, at that um, point, because you guys, you've never had a write-off before. Right. Have you seen that in rodeo ever? No, because there are very few that even do it. Um, you know, most rodeos, okay, Cheyenne, for example, mm-hmm. uh, which I kind of know more about it than some. It's a tournament-style rodeo, similar to the American a little bit. Okay. You know, there's progression. Yeah, like the, like Houston, San Antonio, aren't they kind of yeah. similar as well? So most of them have tiebreaker procedures, Mm. whether it be they go back to the previous round score or, you know, there's money one or the rider score, you know, of of the total. They look at who had the highest rider score. Um, There's lots of things that they'll put in for tiebreakers. The American may be the last of a dying breed that has thing number one right off really because because the funny the joke was the rule actually says um ties will be broken via a ride off or a corn or a coin flip and of course we're all like who's gonna do a coin flip there is no way we're gonna flip a coin (laughs) to decide who wins a hundred thousand or a million dollars yeah um (laughs) now granted if one of them had gotten hurt or something i guess we could have flipped the coin but they're both healthy young guys that are eager to get another horse Mm -hmm. um so yeah i mean that that night i mean that was just one piece of it though that that was just so captivating because Mm -hmm. in, in moments like that 
that obviously you're not prepared for and you're not scripted <laughs> right. for. I mean, because Anthony, bless his heart, Anthony was down on the floor during all that. So I'm up there on the announcer stand, kind of like no man's land by myself. And uh, so I'm going to have to navigate all that alone. So who, who's and, in your ear at that point? So <laughs> it actually got very quiet for a moment. Well, it, it did. because all... Well, watching it was wild because all of a sudden it's like nothing. And you're like, yeah. um, we're not going to say anything because we don't know what to say. <laughs> and, and, and honestly, that's it. Let me, let me go full circle here yeah. back to when I made a comment about people, people aren't dumb. Mm -hmm. Like, whatever I said there, like, people are hanging on every word <laughs> yeah. that I say in that moment. Yeah. So the moment that I say anything untrue or, or even start down a path, I'm going to get berated for it if it turns around. Mm -hmm. So that's why, I mean, you'll notice I was very careful in, I mean, at one point, I think I even said, hey, folks, I'll be completely honest. I don't know <laughs> yeah. what's happening. Oh, yeah. And and I said, you know, we've got our officials, we've got our judges, we've got our stock <laughs> contractors, you know, all of our all of our front office people that are looking at the rules, trying to make sure. And And one of my favorite moments, maybe of my entire career, but especially that night, <laughs> was when they finally gave me the answer. And off the microphone, I said, are you sure? Because I'm not saying that yes. if you're not sure. Yep. And they and I had two or three people. Yeah. Yes, we're sure. Okay. <laughs> and, and I said, and I and I kind of slow played it. I mm -hmm. said, hey folks, the verdict is in. The tiebreaker is one more oh, horse. And that plays 35,000 oh, yeah. And I was like, that that was one of those moments. I knew I had them in the palm of my hand, mm -hmm. and everybody was listening to every word. And it was almost you, almost you could hear a pin drop when I was kind of going through that sentence. And that was so cool for yeah. me that that you control the emotion of the room. Mm -hmm. um, and so so that was great. Um, you know, obviously paying out the million dollars is awesome. Um, you know, there's some of my best friends were champion. Casey Field won his fourth. Um, Man, I mean that that rodeo is just so special. Now it is a monster. It is a workhorse. Uh, there are countless meetings and rehearsals and planning and and I mean it, it's it's nuts. And it's not a sanctioned event, right? It's not a PR series right. sanctioned no, event. It was it was sanctioned in 2019 and 20. Okay. And 21, I think. I know 19 and 20, and then um, <clears throat> yeah, 19, 20, 21. And then it was not sanctioned last year or this year. They're they're trying to get it back sanctioned, um, just well, with all the change in ownership. Oh, okay. um, they didn't get the sanction forms completed in time, and there's some nuances with the format that the PRCA just didn't fall in love with. Um, it, it, is the high it, dollar a problem as well? Um, no, because um. What they do, like at Calgary, for instance, that mm -hmm. pays a hundred thousand, they count half of it, so they kind of oh. already have a precedence okay. in place. Is that is that to match? Uh, like, because Houston pays fifty thousand, don't they? Right, because because if you have somebody, I mean, if you let's say, I mean, let's go top end for a second. If Stetson Wright, who is very very capable of winning everything, mm -hmm. goes and wins uh, the American hundred thousand, Houston fifty thousand. Calgary, hundred thousand. That's three rodeos that are two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's put his name on the buckle now. Like mm -hmm. it's over. Um, but so no it, one's like him, though. I mean, really, he, right, he, he's, a, he's a fluke. That's true. 
Yeah. So let's so let's say. Um, oh gosh, I'll, I'll pick on I'll pick on this guy. Let's say Dirk Taverner in the steer wrestling mm-hmm. goes and wins all three. He's guaranteed the NFR for sure. Top five, maybe guaranteed the world. Yeah. So what that does by counting half of it, it kind of puts it back into attainable numbers for the rest of the field. Yeah. Just so somebody doesn't just run off. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's already a precedent set there. So the money thing, I'm not, I don't think is the problem. I think it's the format of how you get to the final day because there's a lot of unique things of of seed, uh, you know, seated positions and qualifiers and invitees, and um, I think it just took it takes more time to really dissect the format, make sure because you know at the end of the day the PRC is trying to make it fair for everybody and give everybody a chance to win. And so they want to make sure they understand the format, that everybody has a fair chance, you know, no matter what point in the process you start your journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think now that they have a full year of the new ownership, the new facility, um, the new kind of format, I think I think they should come to terms and, and be able to sanction again. Could be wrong, but, but that's just my opinion. Was it in the Ranger Stadium? It was. Okay. And Great. wasn't last year in Cowboy Stadium? Yep. Okay. So the first nine years, 2014 to, to 2021, was in, um, was in um, AT&T Stadium, mm-hmm. um, football stadium. And then this year moved to the Rangers Stadium. And, and I, I have no ill will or ill words against AT&T Stadium. It's an amazing venue. I well, they house the Cowboys. Yeah, and it's the eighth wonder of the world. Um, but Ranger Stadium was such a better home for yeah. uh, for, for rodeo. It's it's more. You want to say it's more intimate. I mean, it's it's still a baseball mm-hmm. stadium. It's more intimate. Like you got to think, thirty five thousand people sells out our configuration in a in Globe Field. Thirty five thousand in eighteen is stadium empty. Is third bowl. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, relativity uh, for attainable sellouts. Um, the, the way they configured the arena was perfect because you weren't in, in AT&T, if you were sitting at the 50 yard line, which is the prime thing for football, mm-hmm. you're, you're constantly doing this or you're doing this and right. big, right. huge uh-huh. TV up there where globe life field, if you were prime baseball seating behind home plate, everything's coming at you. Like the roping shoot, the bucking shoot, everything was coming at you. So you, you never, like from a fan experience standpoint, you were never playing ping pong or tennis with your head. You weren't ever, you could look up at the big screen. You know, it was still right mm-hmm. there. Um, For those instant replays. Just, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> replays. Um, but it was just so much more comfortable from yeah. a fan perspective and stuff. And, I, um, I, I loved I, seeing everything come out of the same, same wall. That was yeah. actually really cool rather yeah, than cool. having ends of the arena. And I understand the reason you have ends of the arena is most of these little venues don't have footprint to put everything so it makes sense and and kudos kudos to not only the american folks but kudos to prefer um prefer is who they've got a phenomenal design team for like rodeo arenas and stuff Mm -hmm. that i mean they do this kind of stuff all year long for different facilities designing how what fits best for their layout and so their team uh you know helped come up with this and and they they got such a good group of guys in there and 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 ladies too um that uh they did a great job designing it so yeah, it, it was kind of that perfect storm of of everything coming right at you and almost like a 3D movie a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it, and, and on, from the the non in the arena spectator, um, yeah. the the visuals, the graphics. I mean, you could tell that it you could tell that it was thought out 
at the viewer present position. Mm-hmm. And that I think was great. And it's something that I do find missing. You know, you'd log into the cowboy channel to yeah. watch all these rodeos. And it's amazing that we get to watch all these rodeos. I think that it's incredible that they can do that now. However, it feels kind of high school level. You know, what what you're going to get is, yeah, it's neat. You may get two cameras. Um, yeah. Graphics are going to suck. They might be blur. I mean, I'm, I'm a graphic designer and a photographer, so um, yeah. I hate pixels. Yeah. <laughs> you don't, yeah. when you see a brand and it's pixelated, it makes me mad. Well, I, there was one rodeo I watched. All the text, the name of everyone. It's like they built it for maybe 480 resolution and put it on a Windows box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, and and I echo all of that, and I've said all that. So, so first, I'll say this: the American uh, Teton Ridge, our vice president of sport of sports, who's essentially my boss. Mm-hmm. Well, I got a, a few, but um, his name's Joe Lavero. Phenomenal guy. I've got along with him great for years. His background is television. Um, he was actually the television producer for the American for about six, the first six years ish. Okay. Um, and so absolutely his number one mindset and goal is the television broadcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and it shows, I mean, like you said, from the graphics to yeah. the camera angles, to the, to the work itself, um, guy named, uh, we call him CTS. Chris Taylor shot was our, uh, producer this year. Um, he, he is, he's kind of one of those outside of rodeo guys that has a big vision. Um, and he'll, he'll throw some crazy ideas around, but, but, you know, every once in a while one sticks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kudos to that. And, and to your point about the other rodeos, you're right. I mean, the thing about, <clears throat> the thing about rodeos, there's so many independent contractors, just like all of us rodeo announcers are independent contractors. The video screen providers are also, um, you know, there's, there's probably, oh, right now there's probably 10 or 12 active, um, you know, kind of full-time rodeo video production people that have the scoring and timing equipment, you know, all the way down to the judges handhelds to key in scores, mm-hmm. um, to the video equipment, switching, replay, the whole deal. Um, and most of them for years now have just made their own graphics or the rodeo committee will make the graphics and say, Hey, here's, here's our leaderboard. Gotcha. Here's, here's your package. Go for it. Yep. Because they brand it to mm-hmm. con- they brand it to sponsors that they've sold locally. Mm-hmm. Now here we are in the era of the Cowboy channel. The PRCA is, they have built a graphics package. PRCA slash Cowboy channel has built a graphics package and a brand content guide um, that they are. I'm going to go back to say this. They're trying to force mm on all these rodeos and just what for consistency with, right for consistency absolutely and what happens when you force things <laughs> you get resistance yeah. so rather than i mean i sat in the meeting last december rather than saying hey here's this package here's this is set up we would love for you to use it's free for you to use there's still room for you to brand it to mm-hmm. your sponsors but we would like a clean and concise uniform package but instead, they said, hey, here's this package. You have to use it if you're going on the Cowboy Channel or you will not go on television. Mm. Whoa, hold on. Um, is, that, so, is, is that why a bunch of them pulled out this year? No. Or is that something else? Sorry. <laughs> and you, Gary, you can tell me to shut up. We're not going there, there we anytime go. you want. 
How much time do we have? Do podcasts have a time limit? Okay. <laughs> this is why I love it. <laughs> let, me get, uh, let me resituate my chair here. Okay. So, uh, broadcasting. So, the PRCA, let's, let's again re- rewind in our program here. Yeah. PRCA sanctions about, I, I have a piece of paper over there in, in the other room that has the exact number. PRCA sanctions approximately 600 events a year. Um, broadcasting 600 events a year is silly. Oh, oh uh, yeah, yeah, okay. It is, is silly. Uh-huh. Uh, because, no offense, but there are some out there in the world that are not good for business. Um, the, the content's not good. The quality of production's not good. The livestock's not good. The competition's not good. There are things that that you, if you want to say we are the biggest and best, we are pro rodeo. Some of the events should not be shown outside of the grandstands. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, but that's that's the truth. Uh, you had me on here to speak the truth, in my opinion. That's right? it. Um, so it, they tried to trim the trim the fat last yeah. year. At the end of last year, they said, "Hey, we need to figure out a more attainable number." Um, that we can send a broadcast team, send a production team, so that, okay, to your graphics point, so that we can, mm-hmm. we as, and I'm saying we here in, in the form of Cowboy Channel slash television production, mm-hmm. so we can control the graphics, we control the broadcast, we control the commentators, because there's a lot of, a lot of people out there that don't like listening to the in-house announcer or the clown or the music. I mean, all the stuff that, that people don't realize you are listening to the in-house show. Mm-hmm. We're not hired for television. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in an effort to do that, they were going to trim back and they were only going to do the 60 tour rodeos. Um, and now is this a cowboy channel decision or PRC uh, PRCA decision? Okay. And so uh, that was to help with quality control that's being put out to the world. Mm -hmm. So then as conversations went, 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 the Cowboy Channel had already more or less planned and promised their subscribers the same as 2021. Mm -hmm. 100 rodeos, 100 days, you know, all of these different, you know, magnitude rodeos on the app. And then, you know, the bigger ones each weekend on television um pretty much same as 2021 so this year they start off the year you know as you as a as a watcher you're probably well aware there was only the big rodeos there wasn't the world's toughest rodeos and some of those uh smaller ones throughout the winter and and some of those things um and as it came kind of to a head the cowboy channel says look you already agreed to give us all these rodeos um what's the deal and uh, and then uh, lots of behind closed doors meetings, and here we are last week uh, again as we record this April eighteenth. Mm-hmm. Last week they make an announcement. Hey, guess what? All the rodeos are coming back um, because Cowboy Channel just started the Cowgirl Channel to also mm-hmm. give another platform mm-hmm. to broadcast on. Um, so things things now will look a lot similar to last year. Um, but I mean, keep in mind, you're probably going to see some rodeos that maybe aren't good for business or have grainy graphics or, you know, all of those pieces. But to your point, as you said a minute ago, just having rodeo out there, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that it's good exposure. Yeah. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Northeast Oklahoma. 
prior Oklahoma, about 45 minutes northeast of Tulsa. Okay. So, oh, not quite the middle of nowhere, but close. Yeah. <laughs> I was in the green part of Oklahoma. We, Oklahoma has three very distinct parts. The uh, eastern third is green country. Yep. We actually can grow things like grass. Shocker. Um, yep. the, central, the central part is uh, red dirt country. Pretty self-explanatory. The dirt's very red. Mm-hmm. And then western third is no man's land. You will go 100 miles without seeing a tree. Yep. So, yeah, I was, I was, in, the, I was in the green part. Uh, you're in Weatherford currently. Is that, is that where you live, or is that just where you 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 reside? Uh, no, right I, I moved to Weatherford, Texas, uh, right after the NFR last year. This, so I've just been here a few months. Riding the coattails of your success. I see. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Got to go to horse country. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Had to get had to get deeper down here in the heart of it. Why is God so prevalent in the rodeo model? I think uh, first and foremost, I think most cowboys are strong in their faith and belief. And, and, uh, I think they know that this is such a unique thing, mm-hmm. um, that somebody had to give us the blessings to do it. And I mean, kind of the, the underlying thing, it's a very dangerous sport. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying that, that other sports aren't, I mean, there's injuries in any sport, but the, the animal aspect, um, I mean, as it's happened uh, very, very few times in in the history of the sport, you can lose your life doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, when you nod your head, you you don't know if you're going to take another breath eight seconds later. Yeah. Um, and so I think just the the ability to walk away is a blessing. Um, Heck, if you're JB Mooney, the shoot might get you. I mean, it, holy yeah, cow. I mean, yeah, that that right there. He didn't even nod his head. Yet. No. Uh, oh. So, so Sorry, we're talking know, about Houston, by the way. The finals yeah, in Houston. Uh, yeah. Subtitle. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think it, it just comes from the, going back to the generational mm-hmm. thing. I think it's something that's just instilled in us. You know, when we grow up, we we grow up with you know God, family, friends, and rodeo, um, and understanding that every day we get to put on a cowboy hat and pull on a pair of boots. Um, we're blessed because there are people that every day drive to a job they absolutely hate. And, you know, there, there are people that are so down on life that, that obviously that, you know, take their own lives and stuff. And, um, you know, that we're just, we're just blessed to be able to do something that we get to be around animals every day and travel. Um, I mean, it, it just, yeah, the blessings are endless, and and I think it's just how we are to give thanks to the to the guy that gave them to us. Yeah, I think NASCAR is probably another the, the other sport that's mm-hmm. kind of God centric, at least at the beginning, and it's there. And if you look yeah. at both of those, um, both of those, what they do, it kind of feels like they are a similar product. I mean, not that rodeo and racing are the same thing, mm-hmm. but but in the the fan is similar. Yep. You know, it, yeah, it's usually the the, Ameri- the 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 American fan, the the traditional uh mm-hmm. conservative non-urban type person tends to yeah. be the fan of both. Yeah, I know I I agree with that completely. I mean, you know, they're both kind of looked at as as uh southern events, mm-hmm. I mean, if you will, but but then when you take them outside of their normal areas, um the perception 
is usually great. Um, some of the most well-attended events that I've ever announced are north of the Mason-Dixon and east of the Mississippi. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you kind of you kind of get outside of that stereotypical area for rodeo and cowboys or, or racing, too. And it's a novelty. It, it, it's not it's not anymore a sport or I mean, down here in Texas, you walk around, everybody's wearing a cowboy hat, everybody drives a dually pickup, everybody goes to the rodeo. It's just the thing you do. Um, where when you go up there, you you drive around town to dually pickup and get out wearing a cowboy hat and they think Elvis is walking <laughs> by. They think, oh my God, what is that? Like, I mean that, that's why the PBR does so well in Madison Square Garden, New York City, because it's a novelty. People just oh, it's a spectacle. Yeah, it's like a circus. Spectacle. People just want to come experience what we are, who we are, what mm-hmm. we do, um, and they they want the thrill of that 150 pound skinny little guy just rode a 2,000 pound bucking animal and stayed on him. Like, right. Like it, it, it's yeah. just it. it mm-hmm. And even some. I mean, I'm I'm obviously deep in the business, and I it blows my mind sometimes what Jose Vitor Lemmy is able to do, and you know, riding whoopah. Um, so it becomes, it becomes something more than itself. It Mm -hmm. becomes a portrayal of, of the days of John Wayne and, and, you know, it's, it's a spectacle. And I think that's what really almost refreshes me is when I get to go do events like that and just see the, the people get enamored with us as cowboys. Um, and it kind of makes you, makes you proud. I mean, it's it's been studied and said that the cowboy hat is the most recognized symbol in the world. Like you go anywhere in the world. I've got friends that have went to Saudi Arabia to do bull ridings. Hmm. And as soon as you put on that cowboy hat, people know that's a cowboy. Mm-hmm. Like if you wear a baseball hat around town, you don't know that that guy plays baseball, but it, it's just something about if you see a cowboy hat, you know, that guy's a cowboy. So that that's, that's, that's what's cool for me. That's why mine hangs on the wall because I don't want to give people the, the wrong impression. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did, I, I went down uh, a couple of years ago. I was down in Fort Worth with Click Thompson, and we he brought mm-hmm. me with him to shoot at the uh, uh, the Cowtown Coliseum. Yeah. Uh, so I thought, shoot, I gotta look the part, and so I had been bought a hat. And <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, you went to the best hat store. <clears throat> well, I didn't have that kind of cash, uh, and I wasn't with him at the time. I know it's terrible. Next time, next time, we'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do your job in one place. So what in the world does your travel schedule look like? <laughs> uh, I'll say this. First off, most people's weekends are Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. My weekends are Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yep. Um, stereotypically, which makes it really great for getting stuff done around home because anytime I need something, <laughs> places are open. Right. Like, and no like, one's oh, there. They're closed Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. I got to wait till Monday, but then I'm at work and yeah. So it works out really good. Um, I'm gone usually about, let's see, there's 52 weeks in a year. I'm gone usually about 40 of them. Um, This time of year, here we are in April, starting to get a little more gone all the time. But wintertime, it's a lot of home during the week, fly out on the weekends. Mm -hmm. Summertime, it's load up the truck and trailer and here we go for a month. Okay. So you, um, you do, you'll, you'll RV as necessary if you cool. need to. Yep. Um, so when I leave, like for instance, this year, I will leave around the 20th of June mm-hmm. and I will not 
that truck and trailer will not come back home until middle of September. Really? Yeah. Now, and, and it really becomes a logistical nightmare sometimes, but a challenge because, you know, I, I may go here, here, drive to two ahead, but then fly to one that's kind of off the beaten path, hmm. come back, do this one, and, you know, continue around. So it is, it is really, like, usually every couple months, I'll sit down and, you know, right here in my office if I'm home and kind of just pull up the calendar and stare at it and figure out, okay, I'm gonna, I need to fly here, I need to drive here, you know, I need to drive to this one, but then fly back over here. And um, so are, you your <laughs> own, are you your own scheduler? I am my own booking agent, really? travel agent, uh, manager. Um, so that's the only driver. reason I got you then, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, yes. you were talking directly to me. Right yeah, to the source. There's no, uh, there's no middleman. There's no agent to go through. It's, it's, it's me. There's no social media handler. Like it's, it's all me. Uh, is it getting too big though? Like at some point, are you going to need some admin to to manage some um, of this? Uh, some days I think so, yeah. but no, because it, rodeo, the cowboy kind of culture is so personal, like mm-hmm. so personal, like it's handshakes. I mean, mm. you know, obviously I, I have contracts, so, but there's so much of our business that's just handshakes and face to face and yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. You know, those kind of core values and trust, um, that I don't, I don't need a team because when 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 more people get involved, you lose the personal connection to the person you're trying to do business with. Yeah. Um, you know, Morgan Wallen, who's hot right now in music. Mm-hmm. If you want Morgan Wallen to come play a concert, you're likely to never speak to him. Oh yeah. You, know, yep. you have to just deal with their team. And mm-hmm. and uh, I was actually talking to a friend of mine that was booking some talent, booking some concerts last week, and uh, he was kind of portraying some of the things that uh, this individual's management team was doing and just running them around and, and just being, you know, lazy and, and ghosting for days at a time and stuff. And I said, I said, you know, the person you're trying to actually get, I said, I don't know them, but from the outside perspective, they seem like a good person. You can usually kind of tell who's a good person and who's not. Right. Um, I said, they seem like a good person. I wonder if they know what their team is doing you know, kind of down here under, under their radar. Um, and, and I just, I just don't want that. I want, if you called me to announce a rodeo, I want you to have the personal direct yeah. contact to me so that you and I can build a relationship and build your event. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you hire me, whether it's you or anybody, if, if, if somebody hires me to announce the rodeo, they don't just hire me to come talk. Uh, you know, they hire me to help grow their rodeo. You yeah. know, like I've got, I've got so many events that, will ask me, Hey, we've got this idea or that idea, or what do you think about this? What, you know, how should we go about this and stuff? Cause I'm here to help because I'm a firm believer all ships rise on a high tide. Mm-hmm. So if, if I go implement a whole team of, of, you know, agents and managers and schedulers and blah, 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 then I, I lose that entire connection. And then when I show up, I feel like I don't know what's going on. Like mm-hmm. it's different if you're, you know, Lainey Wilson, and you just step up on stage and sing your songs and leave. But when you're when you're trying to build a relationship with a crowd and a committee and a and a community, yeah, um, you need those personal connections. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, the, the the live event hinges; it really rises and falls on the the 
the soundtrack of that event. Yeah. And that's, yeah, I mean, the announcer, the music director and the clown can make or break a road. So other than clowning, you do both of those things, don't you? The other two? <laughs> I don't do as much music anymore. Um, don't you do my, Fort Worth? Uh, no, or so no. I, I am the, uh, I am the show caller at Fort Worth. Um, so that, that's my title. Mm-hmm. Um, layman's terms, it's like the production manager. Okay. Um, like I, I write the show, you know, call the show, you know, I'm, a, I'm the one on the headset, tell them when to run the video, you know, when to do this, when to do that. So when you uh, sit in that meeting with Bob and Doug to figure this out, <clears throat> uh, do they just run it? Cause they've done it for so long. Um, or or, yeah. or are they are they um, team minded enough? And I, I assume they are. But are they, are they team minded to where every year this is we're going to make this the best possible? We're not just going to do what we've always done because we've always done it. Yeah, no, they are. There there are some elements that are staples at Fort Worth, i.e., the grand entry. Yep. Um, we're not doing away with the grand entry. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's just it is a it is a piece of the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo to have that grand entry. Now, there are lots of new elements that we have implemented over the past couple of years mm-hmm. or some new stuff we're going to implement next year. And yeah, those guys are great. I mean, they, they understand that the moment you stop moving forward is when you start going backwards. Yeah. And it was really challenging for us this year because um, last year being the large indoor rodeo of the year, first time in 125 years of that rodeo to win that award. Was it really? Uh, yeah, has been nominated a bunch yeah. of times, almost every year. But this was the first year to win it. So that that means, okay, we're at the top. How do we stay at the top? How do we push the bar even higher? Um, and and so it, it really takes those guys to, you know, when we all sit in those meetings and toss around ideas and mold this and mold that and, and change around stuff, um, yeah, they're great. They, they've never just sat there and go, well, that's not how we've always done it. That's not how we used to do it. Now, if we ask, hey, does anybody remember how we did this in the past? They're going to know. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but they don't say, we don't need to do it like that. Mm-hmm. This is how we've always done it. Mm-hmm. No, they they never been that because they, I mean, again, they understand all ships rise in the high tide and they want to see us all grow. So mm-hmm. uh, we, we've got such a good team there from Bob and Doug to Matt Merritt to Benji, um, to Dustin, our audio guy, to Casey Harp, our shoot boss, Cal White, who's our rodeo manager, uh, Brad Barnes, our general manager of, of the stock show. I mean, all the way down, Jim Gay, our stock contractor, and all the subcontractors. I mean, I could sit here for 20 minutes and name off our team, yeah. but um, it's just such a good group of people that, again, want it to be the best it can be and and foot on the gas. And, and, and it's tough there because – we're there for three weeks. We do 25 performances there. So inevitably there comes a couple of days there in the middle where we're just like groundhog day. Yep. What day of the week is it? Mm-hmm. Who are you? You know, that kind of thing. Like <laughs> we just got to get into it. But, yeah. but then again, it, we, we as a team have to kind of check and balance and kick each other in the butt a little mm-hmm. bit and say, Hey, these people paid a ticket just like those on a Saturday night do on a Tuesday. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's a fun bunch to be around. But yeah, I don't I don't do the music there. I am the uh, I am the show call. Gotcha. So we were watching. I don't remember which rodeo. It might might have been actually one of the Fort Worth this last mm-hmm. year, this year. Uh, and my nine year old daughter, <clears throat> she, it's hilarious because they have like a blow up horse, mm-hmm. um, and usually if it's steers, uh, steer wrestling, 
uh, bull riding, her and our four-year-old, they get out there and they ride with them and they see if they can beat the guys. And it's just <laughs> hilarious to watch. Um, so, awesome. <laughs> so we're, um, we're watching this and my daughter Penelope, she said, how come? And she has this little microphone stand and she's like, you know, calling the rodeo mm-hmm. and she's like, dad, how come there's no girls that call this? How come there's no girl announcers? And I said, well, hey, get good. And she looked yep. at me. She's like, you've heard me announce. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, is there a system, a program, a um, mentoring something? I, I know in the stock and super stock drag racing world, there actually is a, a program that some announcer has put together where if you want to be that, it's almost, it's not a school, but it's kind of like a, a mentoring yeah. group. Um, is there anything like that in rodeo? Um, it, there's a there's a very select few guys that will do like a seminar or a school or mm-hmm. a training or something. There was actually a gentleman named Chad Nicholson that did one religiously every year during. He actually did it in in Fort Worth during the stock show. And one of the things that you got to do with the school was you'd go to a performance, meet Bob and Doug, and oh, cool. kind of you know listen and, mm-hmm. and learn. Um, Chad, uh, Chad got killed in an accident, a uh, 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 rock climbing uh, mm-hmm. mountain accident here a couple years ago. So, um, that school obviously went away. Mm-hmm. Um, cause know the, the school, bullfighters do it, you know, Tuckness does some bullfight, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Lots of schools for bullfighters mm-hmm. and, and a few for Railman, but, um, the announcing thing, and I've had, I even had a few people ask me about doing one and, the announcing thing is just so unique, I think, because it's it's such a uh, personalization thing. Mm-hmm. Like if I sat there and I and I said, "Okay, you need to do it like this, like this, like this," that may not work for you. That may yeah. not feel natural or sound natural from you, um, because announcing is is so much of a personal connection, you know, with the audience and stuff. That if you go do everything like I do, then a people are going to say, "Well, that that Craig, he's just copying Garrett." Mm-hmm. Or B, it's not going to sound natural because right. it's not your thoughts, it's not your process. It's it's you sitting there thinking, "Oh gosh, what did Garrett tell me to say in this moment?" Like, oh, uh, then, then it becomes a script. Yeah, right. And so it, it's hard to teach. Now, now we can teach you the business. We mm-hmm. can teach you just like um, vocal control, like things like that. Um, but as far as teaching you how to announce a rodeo, I think it'd be difficult because there's so many little things. I mean, back to crossfire rule and mark out rule and just all the different things. You have to be a student of the game, mm-hmm. um, knowing all of the athletes, knowing all the livestock. Um, it, it, it's, it's something that's hard to teach. Um, now, if you, if you've got the right mind for it, absolutely. You could pick it up. I mean, um, you know, there's, there's lots of outside rodeo people that have become announcers. Um, but I will say this, the successful ones have been around it almost their entire Yeah, life. you kind of grow up in it, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and you and Anthony both have specifically been, like, you were raised in rodeo, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, he grew up, obviously, his dad was a phenomenal specialty act. And, well, and uh, isn't he uh, a pretty uh, incredible, is he team roper? Uh, team roper, was? Yeah, he, he, okay. He can trick rope. He can team rope. Um, <laughs> he, he doesn't get to team rope as much as he'd like anymore uh, due to his announcing schedule. But um, yeah, he, he still ropes every once in a while and, and uh, enjoys doing it at home when he can. 
Um, so, yeah, I mean, just like that, he, he's a student of the game. He grew up in it. Um, I, I, on the other hand, never was a contestant. I, I never competed or anything. I just grew up wanting to do this mm-hmm. and just set my mind and focus and studied it. And I was still around it all my life. So I still knew all the pieces and, and players and stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he was legitimately a contestant yeah. before he started announcing. So in the like 45 minutes that you get time off, uh, throughout yeah. the year, what do you do that's not announcer rodeo related? Uh, I love to snow ski. Love it. Really? I know. I know. It, huh. It's it's such a random thing, I think. But uh, I love to snow ski. Uh, I like going out on the lake. Uh, I like going to concerts. Okay, um, give me a genre. Or does it? Uh, I I I like country concerts. Um, but I'm not opposed to rock. Like, um, and I know this is a little bit of a crossover. But like, Kid Rock last year at Cheyenne was so phenomenal. Um, he puts on an incredible show. Um, oh gosh, I'd love, I'd love to go see Nickelback in concert. Oh, uh, okay. Are you kidding me? So the one know, band that every rocker like mocks because they're such a poser band. I know. Um, no, but, I, yeah, I, you, when you I was young, when I was your age, I liked them. You can love so. them or you don't. Um, <laughs> Three Doors Down is one of my favorite bands. Uh, their lead singer, um, uh, not, I, I don't mean this to name drop, but. Their lead singer is actually a really good friend of mine. His wife is a barrel racer. Um, they live outside of Nashville. Uh, so, yeah, it, um, I love Three Doors Down. So, you, how old are you again? 28. I mean, <laughs> so, I'm an old soul, Craig. Well, oh, yeah, it's old soul, absolutely. Uh, my 16-year-old <laughs> is one as well. Um, Three Doors Down was a band I loved when I was in my 20s. Yes. That was a long time yeah, ago. There. They are, they are so good. They, they actually, I'm, I've been a sound engineer my whole life as well. Like, I literally grew up underneath my dad's chair in the sound booth at church. And as soon as I could stand up and touch knobs, I did. So yeah. that whole industry is fascinating to me. And I've, I've mixed live sound most of my life. Um, a little bit of uh, studio, but very little. Most of it's all just live. Um, and listening to one, I'm also a bass player, so I have a little musical stuff. Mm-hmm. There's one song... I, as of right now, it's so good I can't remember it um, from them that the guitar tone is so incredible on that song, and it's not a it's not a driving song, but it's so out of control. Yeah. Uh, oh crap. Um, anyway, if I think I, I know which one you're talking about, but I can't think of the name of it either. It it's just cool. It's like you know, it's just mellow, and then this guitar just goes nuts. It's almost like blowing out the windows, and it's just still there. Yeah. Mellow song. Uh, but but here's what, sorry but, anyway. <laughs> Here's what's funny, and and this when you start talking about you know mixing and tones yeah. and stuff. If you so Brad Arnold, who's who is the lead singer, he's from Mississippi, right? Okay. And I'm telling you, has probably one of the thickest Southern drawls I've ever talked to anybody in my life, like as far as accent and drawl. Okay. And then when he goes to sing, it's gone. Yeah. Like I mean, it sounds like a rock artist, and I. <laughs> Like the first time I met him, I, I'd been a fan of their music for a long time. Mm-hmm. And how I met him, I was announcing a barrel race in Starkville, Mississippi one year. And uh, this this tour bus pulls in. It's late at night. The barrel race is over. We're sitting around just talking, having you know late night something to eat. And this tour bus pulls in. And I said, who in the world is pulling in with that thing at a barrel race at this <laughs> time of night? And they said, oh, it's probably Jen's husband. I said, Jen who? 
<laughs> he said, Jen Arnold, Jennifer Arnold. I said, the barrel rate like that's entered here, Jennifer Arnold? And they're like, yeah, like you've announced her for years. I'm like, well, what, what, what? And they said, it's her husband. I said, <laughs> who's her husband? They said, Brad. I said, what? And they said, yeah, like three doors down, lead singer, Brad wow. Arnold. I'm like, no way. Wow. And of course, then the fangirl in me comes out. Oh, yeah. whoop, over there to the bus I go. And, uh, hi, hi, oh, I love your wife. That's yeah, weird. Hey, man, how are you good to see? You? Oh, is this is this your husband? <laughs> and uh, and don't I, don't mind me. I have a sharpie here. Would you sign my shirt? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and and I mean, we just kind of hit it off. And and the thing that I admire so much about Brad is like he is legitimately a rock star. I mean, he's traveled the world performing mm-hmm. incredible show, sold out shows. Doesn't owe me a thing. And he's still my friend. Like, he, yeah, he, you know, cool. I'll text him every once in a while just to say hi and check in. And and uh, if he's playing a rodeo, like um, when they played San Antonio last year, he texted me, hey, we're playing the San Antonio rodeo. Are you here? And I was like, no. I said, I wish I was. I said, you guys have fun. If you need anything, <laughs> I know about everybody working yeah. the rodeo. Just let me know if you, if you need something. Um, so that that's where, like, I'm such a fan of, of him and, mm-hmm. and, and some other, you know, friends of mine in the music industry that, you know, as, as big of rock stars as they are, like they're still humans. And, and Brad, it's funny. Um, Brad, he'll, he'll go out and ride his wife's barrel horses and stuff. And he'll go drive the tractor and work up her arena. I mean, he is like genuinely just Mm -hmm. one of the guys, but is also a rock star. Yeah. Well, (laughs) it's fascinating that you say that because I have a similar thought in my head because first off I am for anyone to give me an hour or two of their time, to come on here and just talk about life uh, is mind blowing to me. And the fact that I've had some people, I mean, and you are certainly in there because I mean, I've only seen you on television. I only know of you because of your, your position in the, in the, the professional rodeo world. And I think that's fascinating that it turns out um, you're just a nice guy. How about that? Thank you. Try to be anyway. (laughs) Right. Uh, And I, years ago, years, I guess it's been about two years now. uh, And yeah, I mean, you guys are, you know, you are Heil Microphone hey, guys. Now, this is people. the non-switched version. So these are, I only use Heil mics in the studio. Um, nice. Bob Heil, the guy that made them, um, mm-hmm. he's a friend of mine. I, he's yeah. been on the show, coolest dude in the world. Um, and I thought, well, you know what? He'll never talk to me. He's the only manufacturer that was invited to, to, um, to I think, have a display at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. No mm-hmm. other manufacturer was. Incredible stuff. Um, yeah. Talk about a cool dude. He's just has he has he ever told you the story of how his microphones got into our world? Um, no, not that one. Well, because I I interviewed him before I got deeper into the you guys world. So he he's so, on my list. I've talked to him about coming back on. What so happened? It's, it's kind of a funny story, a little bit. It's one of those small world stories. Yep. So, and of course, this is the version I got. So I would love for you to ask him and see if he remembers and if it matches any of this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, him and Sarah are in the headquarters are from right outside of St. Louis, yep. right? Yep. Um, Carbon Heights, I think. is Anyway, um, so the PBR goes to St. Louis one year and they were having issues with their sound system. Like, I think to the point of it was non-functioning. Like, I mean, here they are. The doors are open, like something happened. Yeah. And uh, and they like they're fixing to have to start the show with no sound system. And of course, Bob is the sound engineer guy. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, so he, he, wherever he was sitting, uh, he could see that they were having issues. And so uh, he goes down there and he says, Hey, I, I don't mean to be that guy coming out of the crowd, to, but can, can I offer some help? Like, mm-hmm. may, may I help you? And, uh, and they, they were to the point of, we need help. And he's like, yes, please. Like, what, 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 what do you think? What do you got? And so anyway, fast forward, he fixes the problem, whatever it was. I don't even know what the problem was, not the point of the story. Um, and they said, what, what can we do to, what can we do to thank you? Like, do you want tickets? Do you, I mean, what, what do you want? I want my name and, everywhere. Yeah, and, <laughs> and he goes, um, he goes, well, this sounds funny, but he said, I make microphones. Would you mind trying some of my microphones? <laughs> and, uh, and he said, if you like them, would you make them mm-hmm. like your kind of official yeah. microphone, whatever. And they're like, we'll give it a try. Yeah. So he brings them the PR 35 mm-hmm. and, uh, and they fell in love with it. Obviously yep. as, as now I have, and many of us in rodeo have, um, and they said, man, this is, it's so crisp. It's so natural. Like it's, it's incredible. Um, but we have a problem. And he said, well, what, what's that? He goes, it doesn't have a switch. Mm-hmm. So we, our guys, they need switches. Like <laughs> it, it's just how our industry works. We need switches. He goes, so you keep well, the airways clean. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, he said, well, if I go put a switch in it, mm-hmm. will you guys take them and use them? And they said, absolutely. Wow. So he goes back to the shop and they create the prototype. They created mm-hmm. three. PR 35 S is was, or, I mean, yeah. S obviously for yep. switch. And, um, and he sends them to him and they take them on tour. Well, then as those guys start talking to other guys mm-hmm. and I mean, just how the small world communicates, um, he realized that, Hey, there might be, there might be an opportunity here. So, uh, they started not mass producing them like, you know, the other yeah. microphones they have, but they, they keep enough in stock to keep everybody satisfied. And, um, I guess to say the rest is history. And, and that's where I first got introduced to them was when I worked for the PBR. And, and, uh, and that, that's been, what they had on like for you. Uh, yeah, that was every, every, every truck, every mm-hmm. tour, whether it's the unleash the beast or the velocity tour or whatever, anything PBR produced, um, they have high microphones, the yep. PR 35 S and, um, they even went a few years, um, cause you know, they don't make anything wireless. I wish they did, but they don't. Well, they, they make um, a capsule though. So if you want that true. sound, yeah, you so, can put that on there. Right. So, uh, they, even for a few years, the PBR took the regular PR 35, <laughs> put, a wireless. put a plug on, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Electrosonics, uh, yeah. plug on, tra- plug on transmit. Um, so they had a high wireless mm-hmm. mic, um, and yeah, I've got other friends that have taken the capsules and put them on the Shures and yeah. stuff. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, just kind of one of those unique right place at the right time kind of stories of how yeah. the, the pile got a switch and how uh, it's kind of the, the thing in rodeo. Yeah, it's wild. I Again, I learned about him years ago and then just reached out and just, hey, how about that? Normal. Um, yeah. So anyway, it's yeah. cool. Um, do you have a... Uh, <clears throat> I presume that in the world you're in, that beef is important. Um, like cattle beef? Yeah, no, like eating beef. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah Are you yeah, yeah. Uh, like living in Fort Worth now, you have access to everything. Um, right. 
when you want good steak, where do you go? Um, I presume so you're I not a vegan. No. Okay. <laughs> do I look like a vegan? No. Uh, you, I'm going to die with a toothpick in my mouth and a smile on my face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, two answers. One, if I'm out on the road mm -hmm. and I kind of need that good comfort food steak, um, it, be ready to laugh at me. I like Texas Roadhouse. I think they have a good steak. Uh, I go get the filet at Texas Roadhouse. Um, now, if I'm here, home, Texas, uh, and by golly, I'm craving it, I want a good steak, I go to uh, Risky's in the Fort Worth Stockyards. Risky Steakhouse. They're on uh, Exchange. That's not... Okay, I, there's one old saloon I've been to down there. Um, yeah, I... I, I've I've only eaten down in Fort Worth twice, so I'm yeah. Well, next time I need next to get down there more. Oh, yeah, I'll call you. you need up. to go to Risky Steakhouse. Very good. Perfect. Very good. I get uh, the fillet there too. Very good. All right. Um, whiskey drinker. Pendleton whiskey. Oh come on. Really? I know that sounds stereotypical, but it I did. I mean, I, I grew up in Oregon, about about three or well, four hours away from Pendleton. Um, yeah, I but I, I, I <laughs> like. Okay, so. I like the midnight. Okay. I really like the regular. I love the nineteen ten. Okay. Their, their rye whiskey. Yeah. It is so That's smooth. That's probably the best one they have, in my opinion. So smooth. If we're gonna go down that road. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, oh, okay. So here's another thought. Sorry. I, okay. I, how much time do you have? I don't want to abuse you. Wait. I mean, really. Pressure. Sure. I got. I got. I got a plane to catch tomorrow afternoon. Oh so. well. Hello. Yeah. See if we can make this. Little, no, I'm kidding. Um. <laughs> you know, rodeo is very. You know, the industry you're in is very religious, God-centered, mm -hmm. and yet it is Sponsored. extremely Sponsored paid for by alcohol. <laughs> that that's a fascinating combination, like Coors. Has right. been, I mean, gr growing up, I learned Copenhagen Skull, you know, listening yeah. to Bob Tyson, the Copenhagen Skull, Buck and Shoot, you know, that with the whole, yeah, all of it. I mean, I learned about all the vices, shall we say, yeah. in rodeo. This is a weird yeah, uh, uh, dichotomy there. It, it is, it is uh, <laughs> a little bit hypocritical. I mean, when you put it like that, so thanks. Thanks for calling me out on that. Um, hey, I'm not calling you out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're calling the industry out. Um, I mean, I guess, I guess I could turn around and say, "Well, Jesus turned water into wine." So, I mean, we we do. Have I'll, a wine I'll give you sponsor. that. Oh, we do really? Have a wine sponsor too. How many cowboys? Cowboy. But how many cowboys pull out a cork on wine? I mean, really? Not many. Not, Not many. many. <laughs> it's, it's usually they go to the cooler and crack a beer. Uh, yeah, and then you give them heck, you give them TX whiskey as a as a reward for winning oh. half of these rodeos. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's a very interesting, interesting dance that we, uh, it's an interesting line that we dance with. <laughs> Start the rodeo, Lord, keep us from dying, and let us not drink too much. I mean, that should right. almost be your. Lord, thank you for the day. <laughs> Bless us. All right, our opening ceremony is brought to you by right. Middleton Whiskey Letterbox. <laughs> oh right. man, uh, so the the uh, cinch final, uh, the Governor's Cup. Cinch playoff. Sorry, cinch playoff. Um, yeah. that is brand new event that's happening in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which is two hours south of me. Um, yep. uh, September, 
And twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty. Is last that three days of the season? Okay, so that's but that's the last time you can win money that goes toward your ranking for the NFR, correct? That is correct. It is the eleventh hour. Yeah. Uh, you are calling this event. Yes, sir. Are you the sole announcer, or there? Do you have a partner? Okay, uh, myself and Boyd Paulhamus. Okay. Um. Interesting. So, how did that come about? Who did the the uh, the legwork to make that event come to Sioux Falls? Is that a Christy Nome thing? Is it a um? um it uh, was Roden, the lieutenant. It governor? was uh, kind of um kind of a perfect storm thing. So. In let's back up. So 2020, obviously mm-hmm. the year that South Dakota saved the sport of rodeo, um, when they hosted. Why? What happened the, in 2020, Gary? Yeah. <laughs> in case you were living under a rock back <laughs> right. then. Uh, so 2020, uh, Rapid City mm-hmm. stepped in and hosted the Pro Rodeo Tour finale uh, when Piala was unable to, um, due to obviously restrictions and whatever. So then when it came, um, I mean, there's no secret that Governor Nome and Lieutenant Governor Roden are Western, you know, ranching mm-hmm. rodeo people like that. They're very clear about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it came, it was only going to come for one year. Like it was just understood. It's going to come for a year. And then, you know, when the restrictions lift, it's going back. Yeah. So they said, well, hold on. What? what do we have to do to either keep it or get something like it? Because we loved it and we, we want to continue to love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, there's a gentleman named Rory Lemel that lives uh, over by uh, Rapid City. That is a very long time. He used to, used to ride uh, bucking horses and then um, became an announcer. And now he's a rodeo producer, does a lot of stuff on the back end of the rodeo world. A lot of stuff that a lot of people don't realize. Mm-hmm. And um, so they approached him because he he has a relationship with both Governor Nome and, and Lieutenant Governor Roden and stuff, just, you know, friends and whatever. Um, matter of fact, let me make this connection for you. So um, Rory's oldest daughter is marrying uh, Lieutenant Governor Roden's son. Oh. So there's a connection All there. right. Close, so anyway, they, a close they, one. Yeah, yeah. So they approached him and said, Hey, what do you have in mind for something that we could, a major, uh, you know, championship event that we could bring to our state that is ours and stays here no matter what? And so he kind of got the creative juices flowing and um, talked to the PRCA about how, how they can manipulate, you know, some, some structure. And uh, the one thing that Governor Nome said was, uh, you know, Rapid City is is got all kinds of rodeo stuff between Rapid and Belfouche mm-hmm. and Deadwood and you know all the stuff over there. Can we do something, if possible, on the Sioux Falls side of the state? And um, you know, the PBR has been very successful there in Sioux Falls. So you know, there was a little bit of a promising precedence that was set. And so anyway, the folks at Denny Sanford Premier Center have been phenomenal to work with. I mean, they've been eager. Um, and, and ready to make this thing happen in a big way. Um, so it was just kind of kind of one of those of how do we do it and let's make it happen. And um, they put together the, the Pro Rodeo Tour, then molded into um, now it will, they will still have their Pialop event and then it will feed into uh, Sioux Falls. So Pialop will be called the wild card 
Okay. And then um, Sioux Falls will be like the, the championships for the Governor's Cup. Um, and so it, it should be incredible. I mean, it's going to be a million two in payout. Um, wow. Truly, truly the 11th hour of the rodeo season, which has never been done before. Never has that much money been up for grabs, you know, right before we slam the books. Um, so there'll be a lot of drama, a lot of competition, a lot of Hail Marys. Um, but I mean, that, that's what makes sports exciting is when you, you know, go for broke and no, no res, no reserve tank. How are you going to get into it? Is it all based on where you're at in the standings at that point? So, um, so top 24 in the pro rodeo tour standings will go to Piala. They'll play there for like I said, the wild card. And then when Piala is done, the top four out of Piala will get automatically into Sioux Falls. And then between just the way the calendar worked this year, between Pialop and Sioux Falls, there is at least one, maybe two more tour rodeos. Uh, Pendleton being the one I know for sure, and I can't remember if there's another one. Um, so then what they'll do is after those one or two rodeos are done, then the top eight in the standings will go to Sioux Falls. So there'll be 12 total when we start. 12 go Thursday, 12 go Friday. We drop the bottom four. Uh, and then we'll have a round of eight Saturday night. And then in the same night, we'll turn back around and do a, a four contestant shootout, you know, winner take all. Oh, similar to uh, the way the, uh, the American ended. In, in the yeah, way that, yeah, okay. very, instead of a 10 and four, yep. it'll be an eight and four. Okay. Uh, but yeah, there, there'll be a, there'll be a lot of drama and production wise, lots of bells and whistles. I mean, from lights, pyro, you know, the, the whole deal lasers. I mean, it will be. I mean, it'll be an NFR production mm-hmm. uh, in Sioux Falls in three days. So, yeah, anybody, anybody that's listening, uh, cinchplayoffs.com, you can get tickets are available now. Um, is so is it selling out now? I mean, it's. Uh, yes, yes, you should get them quickly. Darn it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, in all seriousness, we are expecting for sure a sellout Saturday, yeah. uh, likely a sellout Friday, and then, uh, I mean, we'd love to sell out Thursday, but there'll probably be some some tickets available yeah. for it but it'll, it'll so, be so is this going to bring all of the the big boys to town it will be it will be all the heavy hitters yeah. i mean it because it, it this rodeo i'll just say it this rodeo will make the difference in who not only goes to the nfr but also who wins the world championship because if you if you clean slate this rodeo if you win every go around mm-hmm. if you win all the first place that are possible you'll win about forty thousand dollars um, and so that is one, you know, one and a half go rounds uh-huh. at the NFR. Um, so to have that sort of momentum going into the NFR, that's, that's, you know, unmatched. So, uh, it'll be the Casey Fields, the Tim O'Connell's, the Will Loomis's, the Tyler Waggis facts, mm-hmm. you know, I could, I could go on down through the list, but yeah, it, the Stetson Wrights, um, Sage Kimsey's, I mean, it'll, It'll if they all do their job and qualify, mm-hmm. they'll they'll be there. I mean, it, it's gonna be in a, it's gonna be a rodeo that you can't afford. Me. Even even you know a, a rookie or somebody that you know not a household name, they're gonna try their best throughout the year to qualify through those sixty rodeos and get yeah. the points to go to Pialop and Sioux Falls. So um, there'll be some underdogs inevitably, which is great too. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of gives you that outside chance to shoot for. Um, but, uh, at the end of the day, it, it should be one of those rodeos that really blows your hair back. Yeah. 
Uh, I was just looking at the current standings as of yesterday. Um, and in the Saddle Bronx, Sage Newman and Stetson Ryder within about $60 of each other right now. And that, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that, that, that's how, that's yeah. how much of a night fight it's going to be. Oh, man, that's nuts. Um, all right, real quick, and then I'll, uh, I'll let you go. Um, you're young, so you've got 50 years ahead of you. <laughs> Hope so. I mean, if, you know, if, if you if you look at you know past announcers mm-hmm. that are still yeah. killing in the game, Bob seventy six. Um, <laughs> is this what you're doing the rest of the fifty years? Uh I, I guess I. I mean, I'd like to. Um, you never know what tomorrow brings. Um. Uh, there, there. I'll say this: there are still things that I have yet to accomplish that I want to do on the microphone. Um, there's still some bucket list rodeos out there, um, and and kind of to that point, you never know what tomorrow will bring as far as new rodeos. I mean, mm-hmm. ten years ago, eleven years ago, I guess um, nobody knew that the American was going to happen. So you know, when it got announced, that immediately became, "Ooh, I want to announce that one." Yeah. Um, so you never know. I mean, tomorrow they could announce another big major stadium rodeo, um, or a high profile event. I mean, it doesn't have to be a stadium, but, um, you know, another big high profile event that, Ooh, I want to announce that one. Um, so you never know what tomorrow ring, but, but as of today, there are still rodeos that I want to do. Um, the big one, obviously no secret. I want to do the NFR. Um, who doesn't in the industry? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Now, now, if there comes a point where I check them all off the list, you know, mm-hmm. check the bucket list, I might go do something different. Um, you know, and also the the other contributing factor to that is, as of right now, uh, not married, don't have any kids. I have a girlfriend, um, but not not married, don't have any this kids news? yet. So. Is this news? Yeah, no. <laughs> no, no she, she's been around for a couple of years okay. now, but um, but I mean, you know, so so when when family starts to grow, mm-hmm. you never know. I mean. Obviously, you have a have a family. I mean, priorities I'm sure changed for you when when the first baby came into the world and stuff. And you know, you look at things differently. Yeah, I used to have motorcycles. Uh, you used to have motorcycles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now you have diaper bags, so you got that going for you. We bought a minivan. Um, and a minivan. Yeah, we have motorcycles to a minivan. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it, it's hard to say. I mean, I I can't I can't predict the future by any means, and my crystal ball is a little foggy. Um. So I guess I'll just take it day by day and, and uh, I mean, kind of go full circle here. I'm a firm believer that whatever God wants me to do, he'll put me on the path to do it. And if that's someday becomes not announcing, I mean, I guess who am I to question his plan? So yeah. we'll see. We'll take it day by day. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pretty fluid, easygoing fella and, until I'm not. So uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll take it day by day. So you, uh, I, I mean, I'm just blessed to, yeah. to be healthy and, don't have to clock into a nine to five every day and not sit in traffic. And I've been, uh, I've been all over the world. I mean, I've been to Canada, Australia, coast to coast, border to border in the U S. So if it all ended tomorrow, I have no regrets. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, is there a, the best place, uh, if people want to follow you and see what Garrett is up to, is it across um, the social medias, your website? Yeah. Uh, my schedule's on my website, uh, lightningg.weebly.com. Um, what? All my so- whoa, whoa, what? 
What's that website? Because I'm too cheap to buy the domain, so I use <laughs> I use their free. <laughs> I, I think we're gonna have to cut this one short. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but the easiest place is uh, my my Facebook yeah. and Instagram are both um, at Garrett Urigan. Uh, I would say go to my Twitter, but it got hacked the other day, so I'm currently um, trying to get Elon to give oh. me my Twitter account back. Hey. Yeah. So, Bummer, you can't tweet to him, can you? Right, I can't. I can't send him a tweet. I asked a buddy of mine. I said, "Hey, will you message Elon and say, hey, my buddy got hacked?' Will you help him get it back?" Well, but, there's a a podcaster down south of you in Fredericksburg uh, named yeah. Adam Curry, and he's been dealing with a bunch of uh, uh, like uh, uh, impersonating accounts, and yeah. you report them. You know, it's a direct duplicate. There's just an underscore. Right. Um, you report them, and what happens is Twitter is coming back to him with a note saying, "Sorry, this doesn't violate our in- our issues. This isn't an impersonation. It's fine." Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? So, yeah. yeah, it's whatever. It's broken. But mine, mine uh, just took mine, and the handle's still the same, but changed the like display name and the bio and post it. Like, uh, thankfully, they're not posting anything like vulgar or inappropriate. Yeah, it's, it's just clearly not me. Um, Yikes! Yeah. Got that. Huh. Got that going for me. That's fun. So, th- th- there's a reason you don't have GarrettJurgen.com. Um, do I need there, to buy it for you and link it? Come on. Is the reason I haven't thought of it yet. <laughs> Holy crap! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're at the top of your game at 28. Yeah, but see, uh, like website traffic isn't real big for us. Um, it is more social media. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. So, mm-hmm. so I've mm-hmm. had it forever. Like when I was when I was kind of getting started and had my little production company, Light yeah. G Productions. Um, I got it then, and I just kind of held on to it. Like it doesn't cost. Like I said, I'm too cheap to buy a domain, so it hadn't cost me anything. And social media is where most of it comes. Most of my impressions come from anyway so so there was uh one thing i let's see come on now uh that's not gonna work one thing i did as soon as our children were born mm-hmm. um like typically in the hospital or before once we knew their name um i bought their domain right. so all of my children i own their domain their names.com for them oh, that's cool yeah so and the I whole so, somebody told me years ago that Eventually, that's going to be your reputation, is the interweb. Oh, yeah. And so, own it now. Control it now. So, if you could learn anything from this conversation, Karen, own your online presence. <laughs> well, I know what we're doing when we get off this call here. Yeah. Okay. Stacey might need me after we're done interviewing. I'll be buying myself. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man this has been a blast i really appreciate you taking time to sit down with someone that you've never met before and uh, Absolutely. Yeah. come see us in Saint it's Paul a blast i will do everything i can to be there i mean it'd be fun to sit in the, in the booth with you but i know that's probably a anyway oh, we'll, uh, right. that'd be kind of fun i yeah. know a guy hey you know what it's, it's who you know right is that how this <laughs> that game works is the truth. that is the truth yeah <laughs> that's how you got where you're at Garrett Urigan, um, thanks a ton for coming on. Yes, and, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate uh, it very much. Oh, do you have any uh, uh, sponsors you want to thank or need to spank? Or t- uh, not spank. Um, thank. Sorry. I, I, I mean, you're wearing them. My, I subtly wore my shirts. Cinch jeans and shirts, uh, American hats, Durango boots, National Trader Source. Yeah. 
Thank you, guys. Uh, now, okay. If you want this taken off the off the record, we can. But <laughs> uh, when you like the NFR and most and all PRCA officially is resist all. Mm-hmm. Do you have to wear resist all when you announce a PRCA event? Nope. So, um, re- so every every exclusive sponsor mm-hmm. uh, has obviously exclusivity. Like I don't have to wear their product. I just can't advertise another one. So the only exclusive is Wrangler. Uh, official partners, such as, um, well, Resist All, for example, they they are the official hat of Pro Rodeo, mm-hmm. but they don't have an exclusive. So uh, American Hats has registered in the PRCA's patch program, and they are allowed 12 endorsees to legally wear their patch. Now, Every rodeo contestant can wear the hat, but only twelve of us can wear the logos and advertise at a at a whether competing or or employed at a PRCA rodeo, whatever. So, um, so well, I'm one of their twelve. Does that include the little plus sign on the back? Well, so um, yeah, the uh-huh. positive times. Yep, uh, that anybody on any hat can wear that. I mean, because that the positive times now. Of course, people associate that with American hats, mm-hmm. but that was actually Keith Maddox's cattle brand. Oh, really? Um, so it's, it's not a company's logo. It is a person's brand. Mm. Um, so, but saying the American American hat company on the back, that's what's limited. Correct, yes. Oh, okay. That's, that's, what, that's what you can get in trouble for, but uh, they cannot reprimand you for wearing the positive times because that was – that was his um, brand, and of course Keith Maddox, who who passed away a few years ago from cancer, um, he owned American Hat. So that, of course, people's minds associate. Mm-hmm. So it's good, good marketing, right? Um, but the PRCA cannot cannot fine you or reprimand you for wearing the positive. So there is, I you know follow some of the photographer world of the rodeo PRCA, mm-hmm. and you know there, there's some people that are. They were showing off some of the fines that these people were getting for not having proper patches on their clothing. Um, is so that a new it, product or is this just we have social media? Now. I think it started the first year I remember it uh, is 2020 at the NFR. Um, and it the rule says that you must have between the second and third button is first button. Yep. My next two fat four, um, between the second and third button, you must have the PRCA little sticker. Mm-hmm. Right there. Um, wait, wait in, on, on the, the yeah, seam on, or on, yeah, on the button, on the, on the little flap here, like right, oh. right where my finger is at. Yeah. Gotta have, gotta have the PRCA sticker between the second and third button. Um, or it's like, yeah. Thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. yeah crazy like that um i think that's a little excessive on the fine but they say it's brand recognition like they say well uh in the nfl the nfl logos on every player's jersey well that's fine but you also make the jersey and give it to them like your contract right yeah um Um, yeah see that to me first off if i'm watching if i'm watching a prca rodeo mm-hmm. i know that's what i'm watching right having that tiny little sticker 
does not help me. Re- oh crap! What is this event? What am I doing? <laughs> I mean, come on. Right. So, yeah. I, you know, that feels a little bit uh, onerous, shall we say? Yeah, because I mean, essentially, we we are members. Like we pay a membership, and mm-hmm. then they turn around and dictate to us what we have to wear. Like that. Hmm. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I have mixed. I have mixed emotions on that. Are you going to get totally beat up from this conversation? <laughs> oh, probably, probably. But it, <laughs> free speech, America. Amen, brother. <laughs> Thank you. That's exactly what I uh, I, I tell people. Oh, I say my my belief in free speech is, um, we need to be able. Like free speech allows you to say dumb things, right. and it protects you but, to say dumb things. And here's where I'm at too. Like I, I, a lot of the people that work in the PRC office are, are friends of mine. Like Tom Glaus, our CEO is a friend of mine. I mean, like I, I, I am one of those people that I can differ in opinion with you, mm-hmm. but as long as you don't get ignorant, we're still going to be friends. Like we, we can be friends and not see eye to eye on everything. Like if we, if we agree with everything, that'd just be weird. Right. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, for me to say, I don't agree with the thousand dollar fine for not wearing the sticker. Mm-hmm. That, that's my opinion. Yeah. I mean, you don't like it. Well, tough. Opinions right. are like opinions are like buttholes. Everybody's got them, and they all stink. <laughs> and on that note, Garrett, you're again. Thanks a lot. Um, enjoy uh, the rest of your day off. Um, yes, thank I'll you. Uh, I'll email you stuff once everything is posted. And uh, again, thank you so yes, much sir. for hanging out. It's a blast. Yeah. Thanks, Craig. Thanks again for hanging out with us, Garrett, and all you listeners out there. Thanks for staying with us through the whole conversation. Uh, as you noted, as you will have noted, uh, the social medias is probably the best place to find uh, Garrett today. Hopefully, after this show, uh, we might see a little bit more in the dot-com world. about Garrett? Anyway, thanks so much again for hanging out with us. Theinterviewpodcast.org is where you can find all of our shows. Thanks again. Tell your friends. We'll see you on the next one.